Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. This is the show where I do improvised horror stories. Uh, what I do is I uh, pull the titles uh, at random, and then I make up the stories from there. And if you have any titles you'd like to submit, you can send them to quarantinespookshow at gmail.com or through other means of communication. I have enough social media sites where you can certainly track me down to a degree. Uh, the comedy world uh, took a big hit this week. Uh, the comedian Norm MacDonald uh, passed on from cancer. Uh, that he didn't tell anyone about, or at least didn't tell the public. It's definitely a loss. Um, definitely a large, you know, waves of people dying. even just about the, about COVID or the pandemic either. Uh, the terrific actor Michael K. Williams also died recently. Um, yeah, I can't really put my finger on it, but, you know, the, uh, I guess like the newfound stresses of living, uh, people in scenarios being more accident prone, uh, Increasing the uh, frequency of somewhat natural cause-based deaths, people leaning leaning harder into their addictions. And I certainly don't want to spend every uh, 
intro to the show, uh, eulogizing someone different, but, uh, it's kind of hard not to when so many people are passing on. Yeah, I'm not gonna get too much into it, but, uh, we were watching some, uh, Norm McDonald bits last night. Some stuff he did on Conan and some of his stand-up. Some of which including, uh, the moth joke on Conan, uh, one of the most stellar talk show appearances out there. You know, I guess, to me, he seemed like a private person. He definitely had the, uh, the type of wisdom he had in his later years, uh, you know, anyone is capable of, uh, becoming wise or attaining wisdom and whatnot, you know, but, uh, Norm Macdonald definitely seemed to have the type of wisdom that a person could only get if they go through some really hard shit, and, uh, yeah, now that's been revealed, uh, that's what that was. wider void in the world of comedy at this point, uh, and it'll certainly be remembered and missed. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about it, really. Um, I just hope nobody else, you know, talented or prolific, dies uh, as frequently, but, uh, Something tells me that's a tall ask. So I'm just gonna get into the show. I don't know why I'm extra nervous this episode. I think it's because I injured my right forearm. So I'm mainly be doing my, uh, the instrumentation from, with my left hand, primarily. It's gonna be a little different, but not. But, uh, we'll see how that plays into the episode. Anyway, let's get started. Okay, this story is called Old Fashioned Remedy. Preschool was a bit of a weird time for little Joshua. He 
at the preschool at the, uh, the same church that I got baptized in. And, uh, you know, his, uh, parents had friends and they had kids and, uh, he's been around kids before. just packed in with a group of strangers in his age bracket. And nothing really in common for them to really talk about. Sure, they grew up in the same town, went to the same churches. Their families probably had similar political affiliations. Joshua School was just a place to just waste his time, really. Just kind of be like, yeah, I don't want to be here. I just want to, like, uh, you know, watch cartoons and play outside. Hang out in the pool with my parents or something. I don't want to be forced to uh, sing these choir Bible songs or anything. Joshua was someone who, uh, you know, tended to get flustered a lot. Probably came off as meaner than he anticipated, but he definitely became impatient with interacting with other uh, kids. Them trying to get him uh, to do a group activity or hang out with them. Joshua's like, no, I'm just gonna play over here, you know, playing like this mulch, go down the slide. And eventually, uh, the kids clocked him as an outsider. Someone who thought differently than them. And the kids started to lightly bully him a little bit. Some of them weren't too mean, or less mean than they anticipated, or more mean than it, they anticipated, rather. Just picking on him a bit and doing some one, uh, you know, some pot shots at him and whatnot. But then there are a couple kids, and there's usually some in every class or every grade that really specifically targeted him and really tried to fuck with him. Joshua really tried to keep his cool, you know? Didn't want to lash out or anything, or get in trouble. Little Joshua had his own morals of his own, unrelated to any, uh, you know, 
religious or political beliefs that were around his family or his neighborhood or town or church. Just a, the simple philosophy is just like, you know, it's a, you know, everyone makes mistakes, everyone uh, loses their cool a bit, but it's not, it's not nice to hurt people on purpose, you know? And Joshua didn't even want to do that to uh, bullies that were targeting him. But the bullies read this as, oh, we can just fuck with this kid all we want. He's not going to do jack shit. And little Joshua thought he was acting on high moral, uh, morals. Uh, however, it was preschool, and uh, where most actions are really inconsequential in the, uh, in the longevity of life. And it could have been appropriate for him to defend himself. He went to uh, he went the pacifist route. Unfortunately, to his own detriment. All the kids would make fun of him. One of the bullies knew uh, that there was a place in California called Joshua Tree. So he'd always shouted uh, Joshua like, "Hey, what are you a tree?" Go back to California. Yeah, go back to California. Joshua's just like, I don't know what California is. Like, haha, of course you don't. You're a tree. And they just punch him in the stomach or something. It took Joshua the most willpower he could summon to not cry during those moments. wailed on for allegedly being from California even though he had he's never been there had no ties there no family didn't even know it existed until this uh this preschool harassment and abuse try to do their own little research about California, and they'd ask their parents about it, seemingly being a can of little kids. One of the kids, uh, the bullies named Nathan, he would, uh, one day he asked his parents, just like, hey, can you, what's, what's, uh, what's the deal with California? And his mom was just like, oh, what do you want to know about California? And he's just like, oh, I don't know, we were just talking about it in school, and I was just curious about it. Joshua's mother, who was genuinely a good mother, but Joshua, uh, I mean, uh, but Nathan didn't so much have a good father, which is where that clicked into place, but uh, Nathan's mother uh, kept talking about California, well, it's, you know, it's California, uh, the Terminator used to be a, used to be a, uh, the governor there, he's a, he was an actor.
they actually just had a big recall election uh, for the governor sitting now, and uh, it failed miserably. Um, which, you know, for certain people, thank God, but... But yeah, Nathan's mother uh, kept telling him all about California. But what she didn't know... Is that she was giving his, uh... Her shitty son, uh, ammo. To bully little Joshua on the preschool playground. Told them about told them about uh, his California knowledge that he received. Talked about LA uh, show business over there. Talked about the beaches and mountains. And their insults expanded from being called a tree and being from Joshua Tree or from California, being like, "Hey, going to Oregon?" Ca- Going to Orange Cali? What are you eating an orange? Joshua was eating an orange. He's like, what about, yeah, I like oranges. Then Nathan was just like, ha, go back to Orange County then. One day during a, during a class assignment, uh, everyone had to talk about music. All the kids had to talk about music that they liked. And Joshua said that he was in the Weezer, you know? But then Nathan was just like, hey, you like Beverly Hills? That Weezer song, Beverly Hills? Go back to Beverly Hills, isn't that where you want to be? Why don't you go listen to U2 while you're at it, Joshua Tree? Yeah, Joshua Tree. Again, Joshua tried to hold back his tears from all these preschool insults with an absurd amount of callousness and venom in them, even though it was still some zany shit. one day on the playground that it got especially vicious. And it was uh, the first day that uh, little Joshua lost his cool. Broke his composure. when he gently tried to defend himself. Nathan and all the other bullies were on the playground uh, making fun of little Joshua and uh, kept calling him Joshua Tree 
Which was a name that stuck, by the way. Not just with the assholes in the class. Where certainly all the other kids just, like, earnestly thought his name was, like, Joshua Tree. Like, oh, why don't they call you Joshua Tree? So that's not my name. You know, one of those deals. It's a real bitch when a shitty nickname sticks, you know? saying random shit to Joshua. Joshua's just like, oh, shut up, Nathan. Shut up, you're a big, dumb meathead. Nathan's just like, no, I'm not, I'm not a meathead. Why, stop calling me a meathead. And then Joshua's just like, yeah, huh, my uncle says that, like, all the meatheads listen to Joe Rogan. You listen to Joe Rogan. And then Nathan was just like, shut up, I don't listen to Joe Rogan, you listen to Joe Rogan. But really, neither of them knew who Joe Rogan was. Which was really immaterial, because they were just saying random shit to each other. And then Joshua pulled out the big guns. And he was just like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Nathan was just like, shut up, Joshua Tree. You're nothing but sticks. So Nathan started to wail on them. The other two kids started to join in. Joshua was defending himself, but he fell on the ground. And they just kept kicking him. would like to think that he got some good punches in. But through the eyes of a teacher from a distance, it just looked like a big scuffle. And the preschool teacher was just like, whoa, 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 knock it off, knock it off, get out of here, stop it, quit it, don't do that. And all four of the kids got in trouble. Nathan and the other two bullies, uh, Billy and Zane, as well as Joshua himself, who's really the target of the harassment and abuse and name-calling. But to, to the eyes of a teacher, uh, who maybe didn't want to teach preschool in the first place. think about her life in the way that it, she should have. And maybe made some wrong decision in the past that uh, led her to some unfavorable trajectories. To her eyes, for someone unobservant, she just saw a bunch of kids scuffling. She's like, oh, a bunch of kids scuffling. I gotta separate it. Without thinking about the nuanced dynamics of why the kids were scuffling, led to it in uh, days to weeks past.
and uh, this preschool, they had a, they had like a little timeout corner. Uh, it used to be called the, uh, in previous years in class sessions, they called it the, uh, the timeout box. there were enough kids in the class that were into hockey that uh, the teacher called it the penalty box. And she was just like, alright, if you commit a penalty, you get sent to the penalty box. kids were in the penalty box for uh, St. Timothy's Preschool. It was little Joshua, Nathan, Billy, and Zane. Now Nathan oper operated like uh, many bullies both in preschools, uh, other schools, and just different components of life and uh, around the world. Where he didn't reveal his uh, shittiness and callousness and venom in public. If he was targeting someone as a form of abuse or, or harassment, he kept it quiet, you know, out of the sight of any teachers anyone who wants to think that he's cool. If there's people that he liked, he put on a happy face, you know, just be like, yeah, I'm a nice guy, you know. But then if he wanted to deliberately harm someone, he'd do that more in the shadows, out of the way of, uh, out of the sight of semi-public consumption. of shitty adults operate. And Nathan didn't quite know it, but he was already uh, casting the seeds for that type of behavior as an adult. But one thing he did know is uh, he was angry. He wanted people to think he was cool, that he was tough, or whatever sensitive in the right ways, I suppose. And he didn't like that the... he got in trouble with the teacher. 
muck with his fleeting preschool reputation. Because in his mind, uh, it was Joshua's fault that he was in trouble. Not his own fault for wailing on Joshua or picking on him and harassing him for weeks. No, it was Joshua's fault for fighting back. And now Nathan was stuck with the repercussions of that. Instead of perceiving those repercussions as consequences for his own actions, he perceived it as a personal attack. similar uh, philosophies in self-defense as Joshua, but far more distorted. To him, getting payback for getting in trouble was a form of self-defense. So he leaned really close to Joshua, and then he said, hey, hey Joshua Tree, you know. Sticks and stones, you know, break your bones or whatever. It's coming to, I'm gonna use sticks and stones to break every bone in your body. I'm gonna fucking do it. He didn't use the phrase fucking do it. Fuck wasn't in his uh, vocabulary yet. But it was the first time in little Nathan's life where he delivered a very comprehensive threat. first time Joshua received such a comprehensive threat. So they were let out of the penalty box, and the day ended. But that left Joshua wondering, what the fuck am I gonna do about this fucking Nathan guy that won't get off my back? service on his Wi-Fi. But still, he did what he could to research. His reading comprehension wasn't up there yet. 
are still kid-friendly websites uh, about self-defense, about handling bullies. A lot of these articles were ghostwritten by child psychologists trying to meet the children on their level, trying to trying to uh, write to them in a way uh, to get on their intellectual level of their brain development. However, on, on a whole, uh, kids are very smart and very perceptive. Joshua was reading these articles about self-defense, self uh, he felt talked down to. And he was just like, no, nah, no, nah, I, need, I need like a real tactic, you know? Not that Nathan would actually would break every bone in my body, but I gotta, you know, gotta do some damage control here, you know? Like a mini, mini, miniature preschool warfare, I gotta, I really gotta like prepare myself. His parents owned a lot of books, so when it's getting later at night, uh started to go through the uh, books in the living room that were on display. Again, his reading comprehension was uh, finite. He only knew smaller words, really. Simple sentence structures. large swaths of vocabulary that he didn't understand yet. But he was mainly going for uh, books uh, that with pictures. And then he pulled one book uh, that he thought looked pretty cool. It was a hardcover book that was uh, published in the 40s. cover in a golden gloss, it just said, Old Fashioned Remedies. illustrations had a that uh alchemy style of illustration you know pretty medieval but yeah a lot of the words and sentences and phrases were things that he couldn't decipher yet did find it to be a strange little book.
that age where he can uh, comprehend the concept of Christianity and uh, its space values. But he's looking through the book and he's like, ah, oh, this doesn't seem like a Christian book. He also didn't understand the nuances of how pagan spiritualities fueled uh, contemporary Christianity in many ways, uh, in ways that often get overlooked by uh, devotees of Christianity. It is just looking at the pictures. Pretty uh, simple to understand. And it looked really cool. set of pictures, this one set of plates that he was very fond of. It started off as a someone collecting some sticks and twigs in the woods. of uh, oils and liquids and herbs. And then he puts the oil, uh, puts the twigs uh, beneath his sleeves uh, and in his pantaloons. And he's posing a very heroic stance. And then someone approaches him who looked like a medieval bully uh, to Joshua's eyes, tries to punch him in the face. But then the guy uh, blocks it with his forearm, uh, with the twigs being in the way. And then the guy with the twigs in his clothes uh, punches the bully in the face and he falls down. was just like, oh, this might, this, this might be it. This might help. He flipped a few pages before and it showed the uh, twig collector uh, getting his ass kicked by these medieval bullies. And that's what beckons him to collect the twigs and uh, branches and whatnot. Soak them in the oils and herbs and underneath his clothes. set of armor, kind of. You know, like Iron Man or something. Alright, if you want... 
you want a Joshua tree, I'll give you a motherfucking Joshua tree. Again, uh, these kids didn't know what curse words were yet. But the feeling of cursing was certainly inside them. He woke up extra early and started to prepare. He went outside and collected uh, twigs and branches, a bunch of them that were outside the house because their area was pretty foresty. And all the lists of the uh, oils and herbs have certain sim had certain symbols on them in the book. So when Joshua went to the medicine cabinet, or the, the kitchen cabinet rather, he saw all these little oils and spices uh, with certain labels on them. And he was, just, he was soaking all the twigs and branches and he was just like, oh, it's kind of interesting that uh, my parents would have all these little oils and herbs uh, from this book. Huh, good figure. One thing he noticed on the medicine cabinet was a Mr. Yuck, uh, Mr. Yuck symbol. Something he learned about in preschool. Uh, how Mr. Yuck was a symbol of things you should not uh, digest or consume or even fuck with. Shows us, yeah, but this is for an emergency, you know? Plus, it's part of growing up, I guess. I realized he was getting to an age where he had to make certain decisions of who he wanted to be. As he started to interact with more people, he started to do more activities that were outside of his family and his immediate known surroundings. got to work and uh, soaked all the oils and herbs uh, with the twigs, put the soaked twigs in his clothes for starting school. Even his mom was a little bit surprised, he's like, oh, you're ready for school already? And Joshua was just like, oh yeah, you know, I just wanted to be a real go-getter. Joshua went to school. Him and Nathan made eye contact when the day started. And they both had a mean glare at each other. And in Joshua's head, he was just like, alright, shit's gonna go down.
So recess started. After the first half of the day, uh, when Joshua was making uh, eye contact with the bullies and whatnot, and they wanted blood. When Joshua was ready for whatever's gonna come. playground, uh, Joshua was at a corner of the playground, uh, a bit more out of the view of the teachers and the building windows, and it made it, like, he made himself look like that he was just like, oh, kicking around some mulch and hanging out, but really he was waiting, he was waiting for what was to come. Hey, Joshua Tree, you think you're funny? In Joshua's head, he's just like, oh, I'll show you Joshua Tree. It happened sooner than he expected. Nathan, uh, went in for a punch at Joshua. And Joshua put up his forearm and then blocked it really quick. Acting on instinct swifter, swift, swifter than he realized. And then punched Nathan in the face and he fell back. And Billy and Zane went after him. Joshua knocked them both to the ground. And then Joshua was like, oh, it's exactly I like the picture. And then little Zane was just like, oh my god, it's like it's like punching a tree. And then Nathan just like, what are you what are what are you doing, Joshua Tree? Nathan went after him again and tried to punch him in a different spot in the chest, but it hurt his hand, and the shoulder, but also hurt. And Joshua punched him and knocked him down again. This time gave him a bloody nose. Now when you imagine a preschool fight, you know, I use the term punch loose loosely. They're really just like whapping at each other like preschool kids. Joshua was actually doing comprehensive punches. It was like he already learned how to fight. He was acting on instincts that were his own. Joshua like looked at his fist and he was just like, God damn, what's wrong with me? Or what's up with me, I guess. And he saw that there was a piece of his palm that was starting to like callous over a little bit. And he was just like, oh, is this, is this what happens when you punch things or something?
just stood there. They didn't know how to react in this situation. They were nervous and frightened. Nathan stood up and he had some tears in his eyes. Not just tears of sadness, but it was anger and rage. It was a type of anger and rage that he's never felt before. Sure, kids get upset, and kids cry. But Nathan was feeling a type of rage that uh, adults feel. That abusers feel when they don't get their way. Maybe if he pulled back in that moment, he could have steered the trajectory of his life a different way. Something more peaceful. Something with a bit more joy and love in it. But Nathan wasn't having it. In a fit of rage, he just ran at Joshua and tackled him. Joshua fell backwards, and Nathan was on top of, top of him. And Nathan kept on uh, wailing on Joshua in the face. The part that wasn't covered by twigs. Again, I use the term punch loosely, but... Even Nathan was going through his own growth. It was the first time in his life where his punches were becoming... more comprehensive, more focused wanted to inflict pain and was in the moment finding ways to deliver that with more precision. Joshua kept getting whacked. Tried to block but it wasn't any use. Eventually Joshua started to cry. And Nathan was just like, yeah, that's right, you cry. Why Joshua, Joshua Tree? I'm gonna chop you down, Joshua Tree. I hope you get caught in a forest fire, Joshua Tree. And the relenting name-calling of Joshua Tree really made Joshua lose it. Again, he was acting on instinct that didn't felt like his own. So he managed to flip over and get on top of uh, Nathan. So then Joshua punches Nathan in the face, but then something else happens. All the twigs that were in Joshua's sleeve were coming out and growing into Nathan's mouth. Joshua was just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? The sensation didn't feel just like, uh... It didn't just feel like twigs were slipping out of Joshua's uh, sleeve. 
felt more like a chicken pox or getting a shot or something. It's like the twigs were growing out of them. over by what looked like bark. Billy and Zane ran off and decided to tell teacher because we were all like, fuck it, this is too weird for us. Joshua, blood still coming out of his mouth, and he tried to speak. His voice was raspy and weak, and all he managed to say was, Joshua Tree, Joshua Tree. He just said it over and over, like he was in a daze or in a trance. God, what happened? Joshua looked back and then ran off past the preschool into the woods nearby.
unfortunately he only had to go by the pictures, but if he read it, he would have known that it was part of the process. did have thoughts in the way that we would perceive them then. It's becoming more into that. He wanted to lay down and cry, but he couldn't. He could only stand. With his feet firmly planted into the ground. His heels and toes were dug in and were already spreading roots. legs were slowly assimilating together. And he held his arms up above his head. He didn't want it to happen, but... What he thought at the time was, well, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. Probably the most mature thought he's, he's ever had in his life, but it didn't happen in the way ex he expected it, which is often how that goes. circulated uh, after the fight between Joshua and uh, Nathan. Nathan was sent to the hospital, but he didn't make it through the night. Billy and Zane, they didn't really talk about it much with other people. Only with their therapists uh, when they were older. and play in the 
playground outside the school and all that. Near the woods. Now, whenever someone said the phrase, uh, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. What often follow would be, uh, the legend of the Joshua Tree. another, and that other kid retaliated, and then went to the woods. And all the other kids would say, yeah, never know, never go into those woods, because if you do, find the Joshua tree. Well, that was Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. Good night.